Welcome to the Fit and Free with AIM podcast. I'm your host, Amy Louise. By listening to this podcast, you'll gain clarity and apply now principles in relation to training, nutrition, and mindset, all designed to help you build a strong and lean physique and show up as your best self. If you're a woman who struggles with excessive behaviors when it comes to training and food and think of yourself as a perfectionist, I hear you, I see you, I was you. And I know that you're in exactly the right place to change that narrative and build a body you love inside and out. Let's go. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the podcast. I hope you've had an amazing week. For me, this week has been really interesting. I've been a little bit beat up with my training and today decided to do a bit of auto-regulation and pull back some of my sets. So typically right now, I'm programmed about three sets or so per exercise, some are two doing about 14 sets a session. And today I was just like, you know what, I'm going to pull them all back down to two. I actually did lift the weights I had been lifting last week and actually was closely able to match reps, but I just took a set off everything. I can feel my body needs it and I'll be getting into a new program next week. Actually, that brings me to something I wanted to say before we dive into this episode. I am going to film a goals and a monthly review YouTube I've not done this before, and to be fair, I've never seen anyone do it when it comes to their fitness, but I'm in a muscle growth phase right now. It's going to take months, but I think it could be really helpful for you guys to see. We often see these done for deficits, and a lot of the focus is on like centimeters and scale weight, but what I wanted to do was kind of take you through everything. So the progression through my lifts, where they started, where they ended, my steps, my cardio, just my thoughts and where I'm at mentally with the muscle growth phase, uh, my scale weight increasing. So I'll talk you through that, what we're doing with my calories, how I'm managing my recovery, and then what my goals or intentions are for the following month. So today is Thursday, the 7th of September. And I think I'm either going to film it today or tomorrow and try and get it up in the next couple of days. So I'll do an August review and then setting my goals for September. And I thought it could be really fun because I know for a lot of you guys listening, you do really want to build muscle, but there is also a little bit of fear of gaining body fat. And there's also a little bit of like, I don't know that I can trust myself to stay consistent with the amount of flexibility that I do have in a growth phase and just not knowing like, when do I start? When do I stop? What are appropriate goals to aim for? And so I thought just using myself as a guinea pig and just being very honest about the whole process, you can get like a bit of a peep behind the curtain. So if that's something that you're keen for, do let me know. I'm going to start it. Just a bit of fun, something fun for me to create and put out. I really do like filming and speaking, and I'm going to be leaning into that more and more often. So today we're talking about your menstrual cycle and the impacts it can have on your performance and your progress, but also progress tracking. If you are on hormonal birth control, this stuff does not apply apply. It's a different conversation. And if you want to hear me speak on the current state of research related to hormonal birth control and like muscle growth and performance, uh, then let me know and I can do that. But I do have a Facebook group called Jack Girl University. 
And in that Facebook group, I have done a number of live presentations where I do go through the research related to if you're taking hormonal birth control and the impacts it has on your performance and progress. But just recently, so like I said before, today is Thursday, the 7th of September. On Wednesday, the 6th of September, inside that Facebook group, I did about a 30-minute live going through all of the different phases of your menstrual cycle, the hormonal fluctuations. So like a textbook 28-day cycle, I go through that. And then I talk about an umbrella review that came out in March of this year that really um, brought up some interesting interesting uh, what's the word interesting discussion pieces when it comes to the state of the evidence in relation to females um, obviously who are uh, in a in a stage of their life where they do have a menstrual cycle and the impacts that can have and what we know about it because there has been this trend in the last I think like three or four maybe longer maybe five years really and I think it's just clickbait and trying to sell books, but it's like telling women that they need to change up their training based on which week of their cycle they're in. And I don't think it's helpful. And I'll probably talk a little bit about that through the, the course of this episode, but I just don't think it's helpful for the kind of woman I'm coaching, right? Like if you want to do that and you don't care about building muscle and getting stronger, you know, and it's fine for you, like go for your life. But for the, if you're listening and for the women that I coach, our goal is not just to like fluff around. And I like, that sounds extremely judgmental. I don't mean it to sound judgmental, but uh, we are doing this for fun and we do like to enjoy ourselves. And that is a huge part of it. But we also like part of the enjoyment for us is seeing muscle growth and is seeing strength progress. And it's also being in a routine. A lot of the women I coach, I'd say like 85% very much like a routine, And I got to admit, I do get a fair number of clients who come to me and say to me that they get bored quickly. But what I find with them is once we start getting them on a program where they're training consistently, they can see all the technique and skill improvements. They can see the results. I don't hear that again. I never hear that again from them that they get bored and that they need need you know new programming they understand why we're doing it they can see the results and they don't identify like that anymore which actually on reflection makes me think that maybe it's not so much that they get bored uh even though that's what they have been labeling themselves at it's just that they don't see the progress so why would they think to continue doing the same thing there's no benefit but once we do stay consistent and accountable and we're focusing on our technique and we're making sure everything is very strategic and we see results. Of course, you want to keep doing that. It's so much more fun. That was just a little bit of an aside. And I kind of like just forgot where I was going with that. But in this episode specifically, I'll take you through just more of the practical, the practical side of your menstrual cycle and performance and progress. Whereas in the Facebook group, that's where you'll find me talk about like the actual hormonal fluctuations that are happening during, you know, day one, all the way through to ovulation at day 14. And then the last day of your, your luteal phase on day 28, like that's a textbook. Almost no one has that, but if you want that click into the description below or the notes section below, and you'll be able to see the link to Jack girl university. It's a free Facebook group and I'm going live in there weekly. I'm actually still trying to set up. um, I kind of half was able to do it, but I'm trying to set up so we can all jump on like video chat together through zoom, which I think would be so cool because then I can present, but we can also have like a round table discussion and you guys can ask questions. It can be really interactive. So that's what I'm trying to set up in there. So definitely join 
I hope you're enjoying the episode so far. I just wanted to take a quick break to let you know how you can work with me. I currently have places available inside the Glam Body Program. And if you don't know what it is, this is my completely personalized programming, nutrition, and education online coaching service that is specifically designed to help women get strong and progress their body composition, whether that means gaining muscle, getting lean, or both. So Glam Body is best suited for two types of women. The first loves training, but you've never had a your programming or nutrition tailored to you. Perhaps you're just doing classes or using apps, but you do want more efficient results and you want to learn more about your body. Or perhaps you have had some element of assistance before, but you're still struggling with overtraining, undereating, speaking negatively to yourself, and you feel like nothing's enough, and you just want to be able to make physique and performance progress without burning the candle at both ends. So to get your spot, just DM me on Instagram with the heading Glam Body. Or you can fill out the application form that is linked in the show notes below and we can have a chat about whether Glam Body is a good fit for you. With that said, let's get back into the episode. So when we're looking at our cycle and performance uh, and our progress, I wanted to start with probably the one that gets people mentally down the most, which is not understanding that we're going to see water fluctuations throughout the, I'll just say four weeks, right? Like your cycle may be 34 days, 35 days long, but I'm just going to say four weeks for the sake of ease. Okay. But if we don't understand what we're what what's going to happen in terms of water fluctuations and how that impacts your scale your waist centimeters and your photos you can get really really down on yourself because you might for example be in a deficit phase have a per like quote-unquote perfect week and end up being heavier puffier and mood might be tanked too just because of what's happening with your hormones in those last few days before your period hits and you can really get down on yourself and find that you just go well it's all too hard and it's not working what's the point of bothering so in terms of the water fluctuations across the month you're going to have two periods of time where it's a little bit lower or you have less water retention you're going to have two periods that are higher across these four weeks so when is the best time when do we have the least amount of water retention during our monthly cycle it's going to be within say 48 hours and maybe five days of your period actually commencing so first day of your bleed within about 48 hours somewhere in there to maybe four or five days you'll probably feel the i guess leanest the least I hate saying this word, but so many women use it, the least fluffy. I just don't understand what it means, but I think you guys understand what it means. I feel like it's just pretty, not derogatory, but I don't think it has nice connotations or helpful connotations at all. I think we can use the words properly, which are like, I feel like I'm retaining water. I look like I'm retaining water. It's probably better because feeling, I don't know that retaining water is a feeling. It's like a physiological symptom, isn't it? So about 48 hours, you'll probably seem the leanest or look the leanest, and we're going to have the least amount of water retention. Then as the follicular phase, which is that the first two weeks of our menstrual cycle, as the follicular phase goes on, we'll probably start to see a little bit of a rise in water retention coming up towards ovulation. And 
in that phase will, like I said, we'll see a little bit of a rise. Then once ovulation hits slightly after that, we might see a small dip again in water retention. And then as the luteal phase continues to progress, which is the second half of our menstrual cycle, particularly that like week before, we'll probably see water retention surge. And that's when it's going to be the worst. So we're getting lowest, a little bit higher, a little bit lower, and then highest. Okay. So you can see how that differs. Now, if you didn't know that, you would just be losing your mind. Like, especially, I just want to definitely, I just want to take the the um, circumstances if you're in a deficit, because it's probably the easiest for you to understand how upsetting this can be for someone. So say you start your deficit day one of your period and you're feeling pretty lean after the first few days of being in your deficit and you've got the lowest water retention, happy days. You continue to be extremely diligent and then you, you're starting to hold more water. So the scale weight might, for example, go up a little bit. And you're like, what the hell is happening? You know, you go, okay, that's okay. You know, I'm just in week two, whatever. I'm going to stay the course. Maybe you see it drop a little bit. The, the water retention with that drop, you know, you're seeing a little bit of impact from the deficit in and of itself. Maybe you're consuming a little bit less food or carbohydrates so there's a little bit less water and the scale weight dips again and then seven days before your period starts everything shoots up you're cranky mood is bad you're holding more water and you're like holy hell it's been a month and i'm heavier than when i started and you're just like what is the point of this shit you go on a weekend sort of binge fest of whatever you wake up on monday morning get your period and you know mood settles a little bit and you're like what did i just do and i hate this i hate dieting i hate my body i hate everything actually that would probably be the day before your period comes to be fair that you would be in that mindset uh but you can see how it can be extremely frustrating but if we had just understood that we're going to see fluxes in water throughout our cycle, not to mention a whole lot of other fluxes that I will get into, we would know we just stay the course, do what we're supposed to do, continue following our protocols, eating the food we need to eat, understanding that we're going to get fluxes on our scale weight. So yes, we're going to record them because it's useful data to have longer term, longer term, acutely it's not as it's not very helpful. But longer term, as in like months, like three, six, 12 months, it is useful to have that data on hand and see patterns. But yeah, if you didn't know, you'd just feel like this was the worst thing in the world. So if you did know, you would stick to everything. And then again, once your period hits within about 48 hours, you could then compare week one of your second cycle in the deficit compared to week one of your first cycle in the deficit. And you're probably going to see you know, fairly decent drop over that course of that would be then yeah, a little bit over four weeks, I think. So I hope that really helped. I hope that was like a bit of a light bulb moment. Okay. So we do have like the biggest one that I wanted to talk about there was like scale weights and water retention, but do also remember with that added water retention, you'll probably see all of your measurements go up, but specifically the waist, definitely. You will actually see your photos. Like you'll look leaner after your period comes, then you'll look a little bit um, fuller, I'll say, I'll use the word fuller and then a little bit leaner again, and then quite waterlogged by the end of it. Now I have seen women respond really differently in terms of my clients. I 
I have noticed in a deficit, this isn't as pronounced, but I must say the most recent deficit I did was an extreme one for my comp. So like we were moving ahead faster than any of these water fluctuations with the deficit and getting very lean. So I just didn't notice it. I didn't lose my cycle. And as far as I can tell, I was ovulating the whole time as well. Uh, but we were sort of way out ahead of it. Now, um, I can see being in a gaining phase since like May, I can now that I'm starting to get a little bit heavier, I'm starting to get closer to my like where my body likes to sit. And I can definitely see now those fluxes in water as I'm gaining weight as well. So you can sort of see like a bit up, bit down, bit up, bit down with the weekly um, with the weekly photos that I'm doing. It's just really interesting to know. And yeah, it doesn't bother me. I've been tracking all of my data for, I don't know, five years or so. So I just know my own fluctuations and I can see it. And, and I just know like it, it just doesn't matter to me. I'm not focused on the measurements so much or my scale weight or my photos so much. I, I keep my focus on my process. So what am I, what do I need to do with my food, my steps, my cardio, my training? And that's where all of my energy and attention lies. And then, yes, okay, we get the lagging indicators, which are my uh, my measurements, my actually not measurements because I've stopped doing them, but my photos and my scale weight is something I do track. Um, so I do photos weekly and I do track my scale weight every morning. It doesn't bother me anymore. It used to be very hard for me to do that uh, as in like six years ago. Uh, maybe seven years ago, <laughs> but yeah, now I just have zero emotional attachment. And I like the data. Fluc- I like to see the data fluctuations. It's really fun. And um, I give that information to my coach as well. And so we can sort of see how my physique is looking, how my progress is in the gym and what my scale weight is doing and decide like, do we want to push the, my surplus faster? Do we want to just hold for a moment? Um, you know, do we, yeah. What do we do with my recovery? Am I inflamed? Like all of those things are really, really helpful to see. So do, yeah, do understand that the water retention is going to have an impact and it's like stay the course and as best as you can understand that they're just lagging indicators of what's happening. We need them on a longer term, on an acute basis, day to day, or even just like one week to one week is kind of useless. What's not useless though is you focusing on the action steps you need to do every day. And I definitely do see new clients get really, really upset with these acute fluctuations day to day or just week to week. And it's like, dude, number one, you've got to stay in the process for a lot longer than you think. Yes, it's uncomfortable. And the other thing is these indicators, sorry, these metrics on such a small scale are just fucking useless. What's not useless is you continuing to do everything you need to do, just like head down, don't look up for six months, like head down, do not look up for six months, focus on getting all your sessions in, getting your cardio in, all of your steps, hitting your food. You don't need to be perfect, but if you want great results, we do need to be like 90, 90% plus, 95% plus. It's okay if you're having trouble because we just troubleshoot and we just figure out, okay, how can we make the standard work with your current capacity, your current skill level, your current bandwidth? We mold the process specifically to you so you can get that 90 to 95%. You know, maybe 95% is stretching your standards a little bit, which is cool. Like this is how we grow and learn and become better at things and make progress. Uh, but yeah, like just promise yourself six months, head down. I'm not going to look up. I'm not going to let 
any of those lagging data metrics sway me from doing what I need to do, you'll be a completely different person, but in a really good way. And I don't mean just physically. I mean your mindset, your self-trust, your confidence, your skill level in terms of your performance and your lifts. Um, And I have a feeling that your relationship with the numbers will completely change as well. Just because of the confidence level you have in yourself, you won't be letting numbers dictate your happiness anymore. And they'll purely just be a guide. So that's definitely where I'm at now and like how I look at things. And I know sometimes it can sound like that's really far off. And I just want to say I, up until 29 years old, I was like really, really bad. I never was diagnosed with an eating disorder, but honestly, it's because I never saw, sought psychological help for it. I reckon I 100% would have had one. Um, I was engaging in disordered eating behaviors at the very least. Uh, like I said, I just didn't seek out help to get a diagnosis. I just thought that this was the way to go. And like success for females meant being very, very lean and very small and whatever I needed to do to get there is what I needed to do. And it was a coping mechanism for me in a lot of ways. So coming back to the menstrual cycle and your progress, the other thing that I wanted to talk about, which is, or there's two things I want to talk about that I see in my clients have the biggest impacts and they're going to be mood and they're going to be nutrition. So I just wanted to start with mood. So mood is probably going to be fairly steady in the follicular phase, which is those first two weeks of our menstrual cycle. A lot of this has to do with our higher estrogen level. Estrogen is the dominant hormone um, in the follicular phase, whereas progesterone is the dominant hormone in the luteal phase. It's in that luteal phase after ovulation, after day 14, that we can start to see mood disturbances. If you have PMS or PMDD, this can get significant and just a little bit of a potential trigger warning here, but it can lead PMDD specifically, but even PMS can women can really struggle with like even suicidal thoughts and really poor body image and irritability and wanting to be alone, isolation. And I have had a couple clients with PMDD and it is a significant challenge. Life is a significant challenge, let alone training. And I just want to chuck it out there that I don't want anyone to feel alone or feel like it's taboo to talk about these things it's not. And please seek the help that, you know, if you need any help uh, within Australia, I believe there's like a suicide prevention hotline. I think there's Beyond Blue as well. There are a number of hotlines that you can call if you need help at any given time. So, and that's very important. It's very important. We are seeking the help that we need. And I believe those hotlines are free. Uh, The other thing that you can do is, of course, go to your GP and get a referral for, I believe it's some subsidy, a mental health care plan, and I believe you get 10 sessions subsidized. This is in Australia, I believe, or at least in Victoria. I'm sure people will know what the actual um, process is there, and I apologize for not knowing it. I didn't realize I was going to talk about this on the podcast, so I don't have those things with me, Uh, but really important you are seeking psychological help if you do need it. Now, during this luteal phase, personally, I'll just be transparent. I noticed from about day 18, I definitely struggle a little bit with my mental health and mood. I can get extremely down and extremely like a little bit on a little bit like, I guess, on the life side of things, very down on myself and 
not not hopeless. I don't want this to sound too bad, but it, I just can get very down. I'll say that, and I want to be alone. Uh, and I haven't noticed impact it impact my training performance too much, but I do have clients where this happens to them, and it's and it, it then moves into their body image, and their body image starts to tank, and then they feel like oh, I'm not making any progress, or I'm you know don't like the way I look. Uh, for some women during this time, training can feel a lot harder, especially with like rises in body temperature, just uncomfortable, and they might have issues with recovery. They may not. And definitely the umbrella review that just came out, look, the state of the research at the moment on women who have a menstrual cycle and their the impacts on their performance um, progress acutely, there there isn't any good evidence to support that all women who have a menstrual cycle are going to experience issues with recovery and performance during their luteal phase. Okay, it's, The evidence isn't there, but having coached hundreds of women I have had clients who it definitely is there. Like, like we can definitely see every month that at the same time they're having these issues, right? And I, like I was saying, I don't necessarily see it for myself, but I do see it in some of my clients. And it's definitely something to that you might notice yourself, but you'll only notice if you're tracking your own data. So just on that point, I think it's really important to also also say not to gaslight, not to gaslight, uh, not to front load, sorry, not to front load our sessions during this time with, you know, I saw something on Instagram or I saw someone on TikTok who I respect say that all women experience lulls in their performance and strength in their luteal phase or even in just that second part of the luteal phase at seven days before their period. Not all women do that have a cycle, right? And then heaps of women are on hormonal birth control. They're watching these videos. They don't understand the implications of their hormonal birth control and they think that's them. And I have seen clients do this before. It's like, if you're on hormonal birth control, you're not going to be experiencing the same things as a woman who is on a naturally, like is not taking anything. So it's a completely different discussion. But if we're not informed, we don't understand that we can then front load a full, maybe two weeks of training by going, oh, someone, you know, Sarah said that I'm not going to be performing so well. So what's the point? I hate this. I feel hot and I feel tired and blah, 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 blah. And it's like, well, how come, you know, it's important to think of our self-talk and say, I'm going to do the best as much as we can. I'm going to do the best that I can today, whatever that is, it is, but that's how I'm going to approach the session and then just auto-regulating what you what your capacity is on the day. So I do think self-talk is really important. Now, having said that, I just came out of a spill about mental health and far out. I know firsthand how hard it can be to notice your thoughts and get yourself out of a spiral to be able to go, hmm, I notice I'm having these front-loading thoughts about my training. How can I speak in more positive terms to get the most out of my training session? I understand that's a skill in and of itself. You have to be patient. You have to be reflective. You have to be willing to step outside of the downward spiral because Sometimes it can actually be more comfortable just to let yourself go. It takes less energy to let yourself spiral than it does to pull yourself out. 
yeah, I know, right? (laughs) But I do just want to say watching yourself talk, if you know you get in your head before a session during your luteal phase, just watch yourself talk and see if even you can promise yourself just for one session, I'm going to put on some upbeat music and I'm going to say positive things to myself. I'm going to tell myself I can keep going, that I can push, that I am capable of doing hard things and just see, did it have an impact on your training session? And were you able to actually do a lot more or push a lot harder or whatever than you would have previously thought, you might be really surprised. So this is a lesson that dawned on me during the tail end of my comp prep when you're apparently, you know, meant to be fatigued and not have as much strength and training sessions are meant to go down the toilet. And I just, something clicked and I don't have the, the um, I haven't reflected on it properly yet. And I'm not going to do that on this podcast and waste your time. But I did realize that I was actually getting way in my head previously and that if I had changed my self-talk in my training, that I would have actually performed a lot better. And I my performance started to increase maybe the three weeks before my competition, which is unheard of. It shouldn't have been that way. And it wasn't because I had more energy or because, you know, I don't know, I had plenty of body fat on me to be healthy. I was, you know, really pushing my body to the extremes and yet my performance was better. It was the only thing that changed was my mindset. So it is going to have a really big impact. Okay. So think about it. Do you suffer with really poor body image? Have you noticed those patterns? Do you suffer with really poor self-talk? Do you kind of go down that fairly bad mental health spiral in your luteal phase? Can you draw those patterns? You may not. Um, and that's fantastic. But if you notice it, then you can sort of start to say, you know, I wonder, is this taking a toll on my performance that potentially like physiologically, or no, I shouldn't say physiologically, physically, the fatigue isn't there. Physically, I could actually, I actually could have really solid performance, but it's more so my mindset that's getting in the way. So it's something to think about and um, see if you just try it, you know? And again, like I said, I don't want to gaslight anyone. You may actually experience increased levels of fatigue and a drop in performance physiologically during this phase. If that's you, that's you. Make a note of it. Understand that you can auto-regulate your sessions when when you come in. Today, just for my training session, I think I said this at the start of the podcast. I actually can't remember if I did, but um, this morning I cut all my session, uh, all of my exercises from three sets to two sets. I just made that I made that decision for myself. I haven't spoken to my coach about it. I know my body well enough. I'm fairly sore. Um, I really did want to go into the gym today for mental health reasons. <laughs> and um, it's it's something that I really love doing. I love how it sets up my day. I didn't have to go today. I could have chosen to take a full deload. Uh, I think my body could have done with that. But mentally, I know it was good for me to just get in the gym, move my body, do something. And I was actually still able to match my reps from last week with the weight. I just pulled a full session off. So that's auto-regulating. Going into the session and being like, you know what? This is the strategy that I'm going to stick with. Is it going to work? This is what I need to do today. Uh, So that can be really important. So I was also going to talk about nutrition. So... Out of all of the weeks, our nutrition is probably going to start to wobble more so in that luteal phase as well. So we're going to be um, less sensitive to insulin. We are going to potentially be um, using more fat for fuel at rest as opposed to carbohydrates. And we will also probably experience, again, this is for 
women who are not taking hormonal birth control, slight increase in metabolic rate during those last two weeks, but also um, there is an impact between the between the hormones estrogen and ghrelin and ghrelin is the hunger hormone that tells us we're hungry now in the follicular phase where estrogen is higher it has a suppressing impact on ghrelin which means we're going to be feeling more satiated but in the luteal phase with that as estrogen will only reach about half as high as it does in the follicular phase it doesn't have that suppressing impact on our ghrelin so we're going to feel hungrier so we're going to have a slight increase in metabolic rate but we're also going to feel hungrier the increase in metabolic rate in the luteal phase is probably going to be somewhere between 100 to 300 calories who knows it's very individual how can you test this you can't i mean yeah you really can't um we can kind of guess (laughs) but if we're also hungry, uh, some research has shown that some women can eat an extra 240 to up to 600 extra calories per day in this luteal phase, right? And sometimes this is very like we're not thinking about it, so you might not understand why month on month on month we're actually ending up in a surplus, and it could just be because of our food habits during this phase because of the hormonal changes. We feel hungrier. Um, ghrelin is not as suppressed as it is in our follicular phase and we are in, in, end up eating an extra 600 calories a day you know for someone as small as me an extra 600 calories across the course of the week is the difference between a deficit and a surplus like it could be could be but um you know for women who are taller and bigger and more active than me it you know may not do anything an extra 600 calories across the course of the week but of course across the course of a day hell yeah and again we might not realize because we're like well i you know i'm hungry or you know I'm, i just feel hungry so therefore i should satiate myself but it's not it's not taking the full picture of all of the hormonal changes right so that's something to be really aware of. There's nothing wrong with you. It's okay that you are hungry during this time or that you feel hungrier. Again, once you understand the fluctuating hormones, the estrogen, the ghrelin, the impacts there, the increase in your metabolic rate, you're like, oh, it makes sense. Why? And then I can be intentional. Like I maybe I do set myself a higher caloric intake or I, if I'm not wanting to track my food, and this goes for any phase, you know, deficit maintenance or surplus. A lot of people associate tracking with dieting, but of or deficits, I should say. But tracking can just be like keeping account of a budget, depending on your training, your training, your performance, your physique goals. You know, making weight for different sports. Like there's there's a whole lot of reasons why we might want to do this, or even just wanting to maintain a like the physique that you have now. There's nothing wrong with wanting to maintain the physique that you have now. People get so taboo about this stuff and. I just think it's really frustrating, but you might intentionally raise your calories by say 300 a day in the, in the luteal phase, if you're wanting to maintain your physique, uh, and you, you roughly know from all of the data you've been taking, you can do that and pretty much maintain, because remember, we're going to get that slight increase in metabolic rate anyway. So maybe for you, you figure out, yeah, you can push an extra 300 a day and it's totally sweet. Nothing really changes in your physique. And that also helps you with the satiation piece, yeah? But that's just one strategy. There are so many different strategies. You know, if someone's in a deficit, we may not do that. We might try and get ahead and use that extra increase in metabolic rate to further the progress in our deficit. It's definitely something that we did with me in my um, comp prep. Actually, we've never increased my food during a luteal phase. Uh, 
uh, I don't struggle with hunger actually. Like I can be hungry. It's not a feel. I'm, I feel like I'm a very small percentage of people, but I can be hungry and not really mind. Like I don't really care too much about it. Um, typically it's because it's for a reason. Like I'm not hungry when I'm at maintenance. I'm not hungry now in a surplus, but yeah, in deficit phases, like I'm doing this for a purpose. I'm going to be hungry. I just resisting it is just using my focus to focus on my discomfort. I'd rather not do that, but I get that that's not a common way to be. Um, but yes, the nutrition one, right? So the nutrition is probably something that frustrates a lot of women. And again, if you don't understand the fluctuating hormones, you might think there's something wrong with you. There's nothing wrong with you. Your menstrual cycle is functioning exactly as it should be. The increases in hunger are physiological as a result of your hormones. That's normal. That's okay. It's just then understanding, okay, so is there a strategy that we want to implement to help us with this phase? Um can we be a little bit more hungry and be sweet with that and, and not worry about that? What do we need to do to support our overall physical and mental health at this time? And the strategies look really different for every woman. You've just got to, we've just got to look at what's going to suit you. Like, what are your goals? Where is your mindset at? What are your skill levels? And and how can we help you uh, get through a get through a month and be able to feel like you've had some sort of success in terms of your overall goals. That's my job as a coach, yeah. So that's what I wanted to talk to you about today with your cycle and just get you thinking about the different impacts it can have on your performance and progress. But overall, the most important point to come out of this is just to, if you're not tracking your own data, you don't have to pay for an app. You can do it in a calendar or a written journal. The day, the first day of your bleed is day one of your cycle, okay? And then map out when your next bleed comes and then continually do that and you'll start to see how long your cycles are. And within that, you can note down as well how was training, how was your mood, how was your hunger. You could even look at maybe how you're sleeping. Just take some notes on how you feel and you might start to notice patterns. So you'll go, okay, during all of my week ones, I actually feel pretty good. And I've noticed that I do seem to be leaner. Okay, in week two, I actually still feel pretty good, but I notice a little bit of a surge in water retention. Uh, in week three, just past ovulation, you know, maybe throughout ovulation, I start to feel a bit off um, and a bit irritable. And then during that week prior to prior to my next period coming, actually, I struggle a lot with my mental health. I struggle a lot in the gym. I feel hot and bothered and my appetite is out of control. This is just a fake example, right? But you might start to see that and go, holy shit, every week four, I feel like I hate the way I look. <laughs> but then every week one, I feel really positive about the way I look. Then you can start to know, okay, this is a result of fluctuating hormones. It's not the truth because that seems to fluctuate. And when I am feeling my best in that early follicular phase or the follicular, follicular phase in general, actually really happy with everything. I'm happy with my training progress. I'm happy with my physique progress. I just understand that I need to do things that really support myself, um, you know, mentally, emotionally, food-wise in that luteal phase, and maybe write some reminders to myself that this too shall pass and that soon enough I'm going to be feeling good again, okay? 
With that being said, guys, I do currently have spots open for online coaching. So if you're a female, you want to build muscle, get strong and create a sustainable protocol for you to be able to follow long term to continue making progress, shoot me through a message. The link to my Instagram is in the show notes below, and that is the best place to find me. With that being said, I hope you enjoyed the episode. Definitely give it a share and you know shoot through a DM and let me know how you found it. I really appreciate it, and I'll speak to you guys next week.